Well, good morning and welcome to the last Sunday of 2021, right? Does it seem like this year has just flown by, right? As Eric mentioned earlier, I don't know whether to say Merry Christmas or Happy New Year, but, but we can say all of it. I thought it was amusing as I was driving in this morning is I turned on the radio station that, that I typically listen to, the Christmas music. They already quit, right? I'm like, we just had Christmas yesterday, right? It was already on something with Taylor Swift, right? They had just moved on, right? But we're so thankful that you are here. And and I want you to know something is this Sunday and next Sunday are what we call family worship times, right? So if you notice, there's there's kids throughout the worship center, and we want to let you know that we love that, right? Undoubtedly, if you you talk to Curtis and Keenum, and Christy is they've built some of the greatest student and children and preschool ministries around, but they love these days. Number one is we have the opportunity to give our volunteers a break, but we also have the opportunity to see what it feels like when all generations come together, right? So moms and dads, your kids are going to get up. They're going to run around. Some may cry. They may yell. It's okay. This is not a show. This is not theater. This is worship. And we're thankful that you and your family is here. So today's message will be a little shorter. It'll be a little different. There's, there'll be parts of the wall stop, and I may ask some kids questions, okay? That's dangerous. We'll see how it'll go, okay? If your kid gets up and runs up here, no problem. He can help me preach, right? It's going to be okay. But thank you for being here today. And I love preaching on the, the last Sunday of the year. I've got the opportunity to do that three or four times, because for me personally, as I get to pause and I get to look in the rearview mirror and see the challenges, the opportunities, the things that my families walk through, our congregations walk through, the world's walk through, and I've got to see and connect the dots of God's faithfulness and his hope. And that gives me confidence moving forward. I think back to 2017. It was a year marked by really two things. Number one was Hurricane Harvey. Man, that's still in the back of many of our minds, still prominent in the hearts of our people. And I remember a a world championship by the Houston Astros that almost served as a type of healing for our community. And I remember preaching on that Sunday and reminding our people the importance of community, how during our most devastating time and a long time in this area is we got to see people united by love and compassion as they moved in the direction of those in need. That was 2017. 2018 was a relatively calm year is really when I think about, I remember preaching that time, the highlight of the year was was two things. Number one was a royal wedding, right? It's always interesting when people in the the, the monarchy in Great Britain get married, it's like big news, right? And everybody loves it. And there's a royal wedding. And also at that time in 2018 is we were introduced to a name that changed many of your households, Alexa, right? Alexa. That was introduced in 2018. I remember one time one of my kids asked me, who would win in a fight between Alexa and Siri, right? I don't know, right? But but Alexa was introduced. I'll fast forward a little bit to last year, 2020. 2020 is we all got to the last Sunday of the year and we were ready for it to be over, right? We had COVID fatigue. That year we had learned terms like social distance and quarantine. We had to go by mask. I mean, it was just a crazy difficult year. And then now here we are at the end of 2021. And I wonder, when history looks back at this year, what are they going to think? Right? What's this year going to be marked by? In January, it started out with, with some chaos. There was a, a riot in and around our nation's capital. Right? 
You could see that there was later in the year, there was some devastation in Afghanistan as there was like a, a hasty withdrawal from our military forces. And we got to just see the, the difficulties and heartbreak there. And I think you continue to look throughout 2021 as you see unrest politically, socially, economically, not just in our nation, but in many others. And I think if I was a counselor and I was to, to look at our culture, I would say, guys, you know what? We have some issues. And I think one that we really have is we have an anger issue. I look at 2021, and I'm like, man, sometimes it seems like people are just mad. Do you get that feeling? Yes, I'm with you, brother, right? So young man's like, yes, right? Whether it's online or the news, man, it just seems like there's a lot of angry people in politics, in schools, communities, even churches and homes, is we've witnessed the unintended consequences of, of really unchecked anger. But thankfully, guys, as we look to God's word, there's an answer. You see, when the, when the vice of anger is what is described to us, then guess what? The virtue of gentleness is the medicine. So today I want to look at that. As we close 2021, I want to look at this concept of gentleness. So if you have your Bibles, will you turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. And if you've been here for the last month or so, you know we've been walking through a sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit. And we've got two more left. You can make it. This week is gentleness, and next week is going to be self-control, right? We're going to look at the very first Sunday of the year and talk about self-control and, and your resolutions and your words of the year and all that. And so Pastor Curtis Lane will be preaching that. So that's going to be next week. But I also want you to let you know, is I'm really excited about January 9th. On January 9th, Pastor Ryan and Pastor Eric are going to lead us through a new sermon series titled Coming Soon, where we're going to go all the way to the back of the Bible and look at the book of Revelation. And it's going to be a great series. I truly believe that the six weeks of that series is going to be an amazing launching point for some great stuff that God is going to do in 2022. But let's continue our sermon series on the fruit of the Spirit and look at gentleness. So I'm going to read this passage of scripture to you that's been read over and over and over. So mainly you can put it in your mind, but also in your heart. Here's what Paul says. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. As we open God's word and we look at this concept of gentleness, will you join me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we're here today. That at the end of a, of a long year, God, that you've allowed us to gather together. So our prayer now is that as we open your word, is that you would open our eyes and our ears and our heart to what you'd have us to see, hear, and feel today. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing to you. Amen. Okay, so kiddos, first question for you. I've got three. Number one, how many of you have ever decorated a Christmas cookie? Anybody? Good. Parents, you can raise hands, right? How many of you actually helped bake and make the Christmas cookie? A, a few of you. How many of you like to eat Christmas cookies? Anybody? Edens, you like Christmas cookies? There, did. Dad's raising his hand. I got to tell you something. I, I don't like eating them. I'm not a big sugar cookie fan. I know. I'm a chocolate chip cookie fan. Now, I'll eat these. Trust me, I'm not going to turn away a cookie. 
right? I'm going to eat them, but they're not my favorite. But we have a tradition in our home that my boys love to bake cookies with their grandmother. And there's a picture I'll show you when they were, when they were little. That's when they were little babies. They're like old teenage boys now, but they're baking their cookies. They're decorating. Parents are looking at this picture. It's controlled chaos. There's a mess, right? That's why we have dogs to clean up the floor. I don't need a Roomba. I don't need a vacuum. They clean up. Uh, and we even did this this year. It just changes a little bit. Here's this year, right? Is uh, up top left, my oldest son, Hunter. He attempted. He had just saw the Spider-Man movie, so he attempted to make Spider-Man. It looks like Spider-Man has a sunken chest wound, right? Looks like he was shot. It didn't go well, right? It didn't go well. Uh, my other son's in the martial arts. He did a UFC fighter, okay? So it changes as they get older, but we like to still bake cookies and decorate. And so kids, I want you to know, when you, when you bake the cookies, you need some ingredients. What are some ingredients that you use to bake cookies? Anybody know? Sugar. What else? Flour. Yes. Anybody else? Eggs. Yes. All of those. Chocolate chip. That's my man, right? Milk. So there's certain ingredients that you need to bake a cookie. But do you know when we talk about gentleness, there's some ingredients for gentleness as well. And so we're going to look at a couple of those very briefly today. And the first ingredient is something that we call meekness. Meekness. Anybody ever heard that word before? Meekness, right? For a lot of us, is we don't actually use that word anymore. And when we think of the word, is probably we think of an improper definition. We think shy. We think maybe weak or timid. And that's not what meekness is. I want to look for a moment at what, what it biblically means to be meek. Here's what meekness means. It's strength under control. Meekness is strength under control. Kids, listen to this. I'm going to read a prophecy from Isaiah chapter 11, verse 6. It says this, The wolf will dwell with the lamb, and the leopard will lie down with the goat. The calf, the young lion, and the fatted calf will be together, and a child will lead them. So for all of us, as we read this portion of Scripture, who is being gentle in this illustration? Who's being meek? Is it the lamb, the goat, the child, the calf? No, they're doing what they normally do. The gentle ones, the meek ones, or the wolf, the lion, the leopard. You see, because they have the ability to inflict damage, but they choose not to. They are meek, strength under control. You see, the Christmas season reminds us of this. It's beautiful. Jesus is probably the perfect example. Well, Jesus is, he is the perfect example of all of these things, right? But to think about this, leaving his throne in heaven, coming to earth, being born in a manger, meekness. He's also the, the king who rode on a donkey. The rabbi who not only taught, but spent time with kids and those who were sick. He was the master who washed his disciples' feet. He was the savior who laid down his life. Strength under control. You know, strength comes from unusual places. A few years ago, I was reading an article from the BBC and they published an article on the research that some uh, scientists in in Thailand had found out. What they found out was they discovered an alternative form of body armor 
that not only helps beat a number of, of rounds or ammunition or bullets on the market, but it also helps them not break the bank. Because a lot of times when you're trying to develop things to protect soldiers or, or first responders is those are expensive. They discovered that there was a certain type of traditional silk made in Thailand that offers similar levels of protection as very basic Cavalier. This test was actually verified by the U.S. Naval Institute. And so it was interesting to see that even though 16 layers of this silk could stop a nine millimeter bullet. Isn't that amazing? You may not know this, but likewise, as, as U.S. military scientists, as they've been studying a certain silk from a black widow spider, true story, that they've determined is even stronger than some of our best Cavalier, right? It just is not made at the appropriate quantity that they need. Some of you are here in the future. If you may serve in the military in 10 to 20 years from now, you may be wearing this stuff. You could literally be Spider-Man, right? True story. Horrible dad joke, but true story, Right? You see, but scientists, they, they're not sure what gives this silk its strength. But it's a reminder to us that in certain situations, soft and gentle and tender can be stronger, but something that's cold and hard. Gentleness, not, gentleness does not mean that we can't use our power. It means using our power with restraint. Meekness is not weakness. It's gentle. The second ingredient, when we look at scripture to, to, to determine, you know, how do we, how can we in this year be gentle is humility, humility. Matthew chapter five, verse five is Jesus is, is preaching what's called the Sermon on the Mount and you'll hear the Beatitudes and they talk about blessed be. Listen to this. He says, blessed or the humble. Now, some of you may have heard this meek, blessed or the humble for they will inherit the earth. Now think about this for just a moment. The passage we just read is Jesus says, blessed are the humble, and he talks about their reward. It's not something small. Blessed are the humble. Their reward is what? The earth. Now Jesus is not talking about the physical land, that they're going to be landowners. He's talking about their heart's desires are going to be fulfilled. So what's humility look like? Here's what it's not. It's sometimes people think that it means having a low point of view or a low opinion of yourself, right? That if you're a very, you know, a very attractive person, if you're a pretty person, that you should think that, that you're ugly. That's not the case. That if you're intelligent, that you should pretend to be dumb. No. Like you, I've heard it said many times that humility doesn't mean thinking less of yourself. It means thinking of yourself less. Humility also doesn't mean that you give up on, on your desires and your dreams. It doesn't mean that at all. You don't resign yourself to some, some second level of existence and then just watch everybody else as the world passes you by. Not at all. Humility is not about giving up your dreams. It's about placing your dreams at the foot of the cross. Saying, God, what do you want me to do? The term humility, when you look at its actual Greek and Latin roots, it actually means grounded. Now, if you're a teenager, I'm not talking about the bad kind of grounded, right? I'm talking about the grounded, meaning your feet are firmly planted on the ground. Paul talks about this type of humility in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Listen to what he says. He says, adopt the same attitude, a humble attitude, as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, 
taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even the death on a cross. Humility. Kids, another question for you. Who was the first president of the United States? Do you know? Washington. George Washington. You guys are ge- close. You're a few off. That's okay, right? Mom's looking at you with disappointment. Like, we're, we are homeschooling, taking you out. Here's what we're doing. History lessons for you. Okay. But George Washington. And kids, what you might not know is not only was George Washington your first president, is he loved to hunt specifically fox hunt, because he was a great horseman and it involved riding a horse. And history tells us a story that one time George Washington and a group of his friends, as they were, they were out hunting for some fox and the, the path they were on, there was a stone wall. And so George Washington and his horses, they, they jumped over the wall along with the other riders and his horse accidentally knocked a stone off. So George, and he literally got off his high horse and he went and he picked up the stone and he cleaned off the area and he was putting it back. And, and one of his friends with him said, sir, you're, you're too big of a man to do this. Let us do this for you. And he looked at them and said, no, I'm just the right size. You see, when we have a right size attitude about ourself, when we're meek, when we're humble, as we demonstrate gentleness. Meekness, humility, keys for gentleness. The third ingredient is sincerity. Now, if you're a kid in the room, you may not even have heard what this word means, so we're going to talk about it. Sincere, sincerity. Well, why is that a key ingredient for humility? Well, you see, being gentle is not about being just nice. You see, a gentle person is not someone who is never disagreeable. It's, it's not about someone who is never upset or they're just going to go along with the status quo. In fact, no, there's a kind of niceness that is a counterfeit form of true and godly gentleness. Gentleness does not ask us to, to back away from the truth. No, it's actually the opposite is gentleness requires that we speak the truth, but that when we're sincere and kind. First Peter 3 tells us about how we're to to witness to others about our faith, that we're not to be deceitful, but we're also not to be evasive or hide about our faith. Listen to what he says. 1 Peter 3, verse 15. But in your hearts, regard Christ the Lord as holy. Be ready at any time to give a defense, right? So it's, it's telling you to be ready to defend, to defend your faith, what you believe, to anyone who asks for the reason, for the hope that you have. But then he gives a qualifier. He tells us how to do it. Yet do this with gentleness and reverence. Do this with what? Gentleness and reverence. Todd Pendergrass, who's our executive pastor of administration, uh, he was telling me a story is about a month or so ago is he got to go to a, a Texas A&M football game. Now, Todd is a big Alabama Roll Tide, Crimson. And so it was when Alabama was playing the Aggies. And Todd had been to one or two games before. And so he gets to go to this game. And he was telling me when he came back, as he said, you know, I went to an Aggie game before, but this time I noticed something I didn't notice before. He said, right outside the stadium was what we would call a street preacher. There was a gentleman standing on the corner on a box and he had his Bible and he was preaching. 
but he was doing it with hate and anger. He was doing it with condemnation. So Todd watched from afar and the guy preached for 15, 20 minutes and then he, he stepped off because it was hot to get some water. And so Todd just walked up and he's got this way about him because he's from Alabama and he can pretend. So he comes up and just says, hey, and he says, you know, I'm a, I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor, just like you. He said, can I ask you a question? How many people have you ever led to the Lord like this? The man goes, I don't know. So Todd just said, do you think what you're doing is the way Jesus would have done it? Todd said, that's all I want you to consider. Prayed for the man, went inside and watched the game. You see, because what gentleness recognizes for all of us is that what you say is just important with how you say it. Jesus was a perfect example of, of gentle truthfulness. Scripture shares a story that he encounters a woman who made some, some difficult decisions in her life, had been uh, involved in a lot of sin. And so there were men around her that were actually gonna stone her. And the story goes on when Jesus says this, when he, he tells those around and says, hey, if you are, have no sin in your life, you can cast the first stone and the men finally leave. But then Jesus wasn't done with her. So he stood up and he said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, Lord, she answered. And Jesus says, neither do I condemn you. But I want you to know this. He doesn't say, neither do I condemn you. Feel free to go about your life. Feel free to continue to sin. Feel free to, I'm not gonna mention what we're all here for and understand is he then tells her, go. And from now on, do not sin anymore. He doesn't condemn, but he gently reminds her of the truth. You know, sometimes when I read scriptures, I like to, to visualize that moment. Can you imagine Jesus in this specific moment, his tone, his face? Sometimes I imagine he takes her by the hand and looks her in the eye. He's not blunt. He's not rude. He's gentle. See, gentleness recognizes that not only is, is what you say and how you say important, but it also recognizes that what you do is just as important as how you do it. To be gentle requires sincerity. As we close, you know, it's, it's sometimes this gentleness and reminders of gentleness comes to us from unexpected places. I want to share one for you that, that came to mind this week as I was preparing for this message. If you're not familiar with pop culture or politics, you may not know this, but you can go up and, and look it up on your own. But in 2018, there was a comedian named Pete Davidson. Pete works for the show called Saturday Night Live, and, and he made, during this time, a, a really a crude and a rude joke about former Navy SEAL turned Congressman Dan Crenshaw. You see, Dan had lost his eye in the service to his country. And Dave made a, a, a very vulgar joke about that. And the combination of, of mocking Dan Crenshaw's disability along with his honorable military service is it led to some public outrage, as many would expect. And while Davidson was making a joke, as he says, is it became clear that a lot of people around him didn't like it. And they let him know. And it ultimately led to a, a spiral of depression in this man's life. 
self-loathing where he felt bad. And he actually went on Instagram and, and he posted this quote. He said, I really don't want to be on this earth anymore. I'm doing my best to stay here for you, but I actually don't know how much longer I can last. You see, when Dan Crenshaw, former Navy SEAL, congressman, when he heard about this and he heard about Pete Davidson's condition is he didn't respond in the way that many of you would think, especially in the political environment. He didn't respond with anger, with headlines. Instead, he chose to be gentle. He offered words of life to someone who was not kind to him. Davidson actually recounts that Crenshaw, when he called him, he accepted his apology. He said, yes, that was wrong. You know, I understood that, but I forgive you. He said, then Dan told me, hey man, God puts you here for a reason and you have a purpose. You should live that way. Dan even agreed to go on a show with him to show the world that you don't have to respond in anger, that you can rise above it. You can be gentle, you can have humility, meekness, and sincerity. You see, in the midst of, of pain and an unsettling pain where this man was really publicly shamed, as he found a friend. And it's ironic that a friend that he found was one that was trained to really kill and destroy his enemy, a former Navy SEAL, who had done it many times on the battlefield. He could have done it the same from a, a public arena, from a political standpoint, but instead he reached out with compassion and kindness and gentleness. And friends, that's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of the gospel. It enables us to look beyond ourselves to see others. So perhaps for us, 2022 can be a year that we show gentleness. So we close today as I'm simply going to pray and then we'll be dismissed. We're not going to have a song or an invitation, but I got a couple of challenges for you. Kids in the room, maybe it's an opportunity for you to be gentle and kind to people in your life. Maybe your siblings, your friends, your parents. Mom and dad, maybe 2022 is the year that you realize, you know what? Sometimes the words of my mouth aren't pleasing. Maybe in my home, I seem to correct more than I connect with those around me. I'm going to work on gentleness. Dads, maybe this year as you move your heart just a little bit with gentleness or kindness or humility, it's not a word that would necessarily describe you as this is a year that you get to work on that. But for all of us, in the midst of an angry world, we have the opportunity to show the love that we have received from Christ with a little bit, just a little bit of gentleness in our own life. So Heavenly Father, on the last Sunday of the year, through the highs and the lows, through the tears and the laughter that we've experienced, as we thank you. Father, we thank you that you're a sovereign God. Undoubtedly, this year has held things that, that we don't know why. Heartbroken, pain, also blessing and happiness. So God, in the midst of it all, can you give us strength to say it is well with our soul? And Father, as we look forward to a new year, the last few weeks, Lord, as we've walked through the fruit of the Spirit, 
but would you give us the strength to live these out in our life? When those around us, when they see us, they would see this fruit and they would know something is just a little different. Allow us in those moments to point them to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.